0: Hello, I'm A.J. Bates, along with Taylor Rudell and Daniel Chow. Welcome to Hello Hilltop. Today, we'd like to welcome renowned ceramic artist, Marcelo Ortega, a SMU graduate with a Bachelor of Science in Economics with a specialization in finance applications. Today, we'd like to share his fascinating story with our listeners on his incredible career. Welcome, Marcelo.
1: Thanks for having me, you guys.
2: Hi, Marcelo. Um, you attended St. Mark's School of Texas in Dallas growing up, and this is where you gained an interest in ceramics classes and discovered your love of clay. If you can explain a little bit to us how this all came about.
1: Uh, it was a total accident. You know, you talk to a lot of artists or people who uh, are in the art field and you'll hear stories like since they could talk, they were painting and they were working with clay. I mean, I experimented with with those things and being creative. And I, I'd say I'd like to think outside the box, but... You know, I, I was really focused on sports growing up. Um, I was fortunate at St. Mark's to get exposed to art. And then uh, in 10th grade, I um, got the chance to take that that clay class and I loved it. I mean, I was in there all the time and ended up taking two years of it. Um, however, I mean, I left St. Mark's not thinking that I would, I would never thought I would monetize clay or art. You know, I just thought it was something that I really enjoyed and went on to focus on what I thought would I would make a career out of.
2: Wow, that's, that's amazing. So it's, it's kind of like um, you found a passion by accident.
1: Oh, yeah. My, most of my story is a total accident. <laughs> <laughs> but when it came to select
0: colleges themselves, why SMU?
1: Um, so I was in Dallas. I'd grown up here. I applied to, I think, like five schools in California and then SMU. And, and honestly, I, I was excited about SMU because of the business school, the academics. I had some friends going there. So I knew there was a good balance of the kind of social life I wanted. And frankly, it was my mom at the time was having a kidney transplant and I wanted to be near her. So that's really what uh, truthfully drove that decision. And thankfully, the transplant went super well and it's a happy ending there. She's still kicking strong, but at the time, uh, you know, I just wanted to be near her and Get kind of the best of both worlds. I had buddies coming in town when they were off to school, so I'd get to see them. And then I started building a new network at SMU. So it wasn't, you know, kind of the traditional experience that a lot of uh, my friends or colleagues end up having going to a new city, Um, but it had its benefits, especially now that, you know, my business is is kind of built on networking and and things like that. Um, But I had no idea that would be the case at the time.
0: Where did this drive to major in economics come from? I mean, it's such a different world than the art world
1: so i went to smu for two years and then i took several years off i was essentially burnt out i found a job i wanted to get a job doing something i'm bilingual so i started working uh, at an immigration law firm fast forward i ended up moving my way up became a paralegal It was the biggest firm in dallas at the time so i ended up working with one of the three partners as his assistant and then as his paralegal and then he ended up peeling off and making and creating his own firm and took me with him So I ended up working in immigration law for five years. When I went back to SMU, the thought was just to get my bachelor's so I could go to law school. And I essentially had a job offer from this law firm already. I just needed to go get my degree. So I came back to SMU and then I realized I could major in whatever I wanted to to get into law school. So I actually met with uh, Dr. Fombi. And a few other teachers, but just trying to figure out why should I major in your discipline? Like, tell me about how your field will affect my life as a lawyer. And it was really interesting. He talked to me about econometrics, all this kind of stuff that I found super fascinating. So I was like, okay, well, I know I'm going to do better in something that I enjoy. I think this is super interesting. So I'll go into economics. The more I got into economics, the more I realized I wanted to make a career out of that. And I found that that was really tough. Like you have to be like top of your class and maybe get a master's and then maybe you can work with one of these banks or it was really competitive. And then I realized that finance had way more opportunities. There's a huge job market, way more positions. And so I moved from focusing on economics to focusing in finance and then discovered investments like portfolio management. You know, just seeing what the opportunities were, I started going to info sessions all the time, just reaching out to people I knew, asking them to coffee, figuring out what is everyone doing? what How does this landscape look like? It was so foreign to me. And it was so relieving because the more people you talk to, the more you realize, like, people had stories, they thought they were going to do this, and then they did that, and they met this person or whatever. And so the common theme was, you know, excelling at whatever stage you were at, trying to learn as much as possible. And typically it comes from somebody you know or someone you met along the way. Looking back on it now, it's, I can speak to the path because I'm doing something I love now. But at the time, like, I felt so lost, so much anxiety. Like, I need this t- internship to get this job, to get this career. Like, what the hell am I doing? Like, <laughs> so yeah, anyways, I ended up at that, uh, at that internship. Uh, and probity.
0: I admire it. I mean, especially since you talk so much of networking, personal and professional development, and kind of like what you stated about experience of freaking out, like you know, so much to do. Am I going to get this? Am I going to pass? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but real quick, your work itself. I mean, it has it's ranged substantially from pieces to, like small to large. But what mm-hmm. does the inspiration from these pieces like? How how did you get it?
1: It depends on the project. Where I find myself at now is specifically about 80% of my revenue stream is from hospitality. So working with restaurants, bars, hotels. I connect with these business owners who own these concepts or are creating these experiences for their guests. And as you sit down with them and understand, okay, what's your vision? What are you trying to do? It's, I mean, it's, uh, it's electrifying. And they have this like, very carefully curated vision and I'm just trying to be another piece to that experience for their concepts and it's a pretty big piece when you think about it when you go out to eat uh, you spend a big portion of of the time looking down at your food and at the plate behind it which is essentially a palate so it it all stems from from their business their concept their vision and then I try to build on that and put my touch on it and my interpretation of how I can elevate that or just add detail or one more level of design. You have a special experience at some of these places, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot, a lot of these places where you leave feeling like you, you had something uh, special that you experienced there, they have these little details, everything from the ceramics to the service, the, the menu, the color palette, the lighting, you know, like how cramped you feel, especially now with like covid and everything all these things become so much more uh noticed and people are experiencing it in their homes too i mean you've had people who have always carefully curated their homes but society's completely changed in the last year and we're all spending so much more time at home so now you start noticing man like what if i put that chair there like why you know what if i put something on the wall or i want more (laughs) art i want nicer things to look at you know And, and that's where things like art come in. And for some people, that's ceramics, Uh, it's sculptures, it's vases, it's bowls, whatever the case.
2: Yeah, very interesting. So uh, like you just mentioned earlier, well, it sounds like you've had a lot of different internships. Um, You were in internships with clothing, and then um, also uh, analyst internship with priority advisors, and then risk management analyst with Willis Towers Watson through 2015. So if we if you can just talk about uh, just real quick how do you balance your work life and your art world?
1: Yeah, I mean it took, you know, I mean I'm 35, so it took I don't know 15 years or something, but i went one in the same now. And so now you know there, there really isn't no a balance. I mean it's clay's work, you know, my work is clay and uh I love it. Like so, you know, my my job entails like Going to meet with new restaurants or, or businesses opening up. And, and I, I love that and connecting with musicians and hospitality in general and spending time in the studio, you know, creating. Um, there is an aspect to it, of course, that's not as romantic as just being, you know, throwing on like my artist overalls and like throwing clay around. Like I spend a lot of time behind the computer, you know, organizing. Um, like my spreadsheets for product uh, forecasting, how much I'm going to spend on labor and materials and how much I can charge for new things and what my timelines are. But I feel so lucky to be doing what I'm doing and it works for me, you know?
2: Uh, And just to continue that a little bit, uh, everything all became one. So have you had any regrets?
1: Yeah, honestly, I'm very fortunate in that I can say I have no regrets, no no regrets um um, but it really comes down to knowing yourself and soul searching and things like that and I spent a lot of time doing that I became more introspective this year actually through the great pause what I call it the great pause when we all had to like stay in our house and think uh before that I was doing it with friends just talking out loud and um yeah just in my personal life like I, I took these different steps that I, I didn't realize we were getting me closer to, to what i love i'm a big uh, uh champion of uh looking at a, a creative pursuit on the business side and and it and just working really really hard to get to to have it be lucrative and be able to pay for lunch like i don't this idea of a struggling artist like i never thought that was romantic or anything like that like i I want to make a good living, and I think there's a lot of opportunities to do that. I love what I do, but also I guess it's I believe in in what I'm making, the idea of making pieces that encourage people to get together and eat and to be convivial and to share that experience, whether it's at a restaurant or, you know, if you're hosting folks at your house or, you know, having a glass of wine or cooking for people, whatever it is, the idea that we just disconnect for a little bit and and kind of engage with each other the old-fashioned way. That's how i grew up with my family that's what i enjoy doing with my friends and so the idea that i have this business or this product that encourages that and uh, you know connects people to raw materials which i think is something else that, that you, you read about that we're you know more so than ever becoming disconnected from like you know 100 years ago 200 years ago you would know what everything in your eyesight was made from like what material who made it and you know, when you don't have that, you become a little bit disconnected from the world. That's why you, you go out on a hike or you go camp and whatever that feeling is, where you just feel connected to nature and connected to the world. That's how I feel uh, ceramics can, can connect us to, to those types of things. What are some of the pieces that are you most proud of? The first uh, commission I got. So when I was at Hager... I had applied to do an art installation at this uh, office space. And they had this program running for like four years. They would hire muralists, painters to uh, paint a mural in this huge office space. And like Facebook and some of these other tech companies do this. Um, So it's like you've got all these offices and cubicles. And then you've got this really cool art on the wall. So I applied to do that. But to make a ceramic installation, which they had never had. Not really thinking I would get it. And I got it. And I was like, like, how do I do this? I'm not even a handy person. Like, it took three months. It was like me just diving in headfirst into all of this. And I had to learn so much on the fly. And I could only work at night because they had to they had their office people there during the day. So I would get in about six o'clock in the afternoon and then work until like two or three in the morning. And it was it was wild. I just went for it. I had a vision. I was like, just screw it like i'm i'm gonna give this a shot and like i'm gonna go down in flames but i'm gonna i'm gonna make this how i think it should be made and then to get it put together at the end and have photos of it and see it like like how, like i cannot believe i did that that's a it's a massive thing for your um for your psyche you know as, as an artist and people always talk about like imposter syndrome and i think that exists in, in any new pursuit if you're if you're growing your teetering outside of your comfort zone and, and you're, you're experiencing self-doubt and things like this that are really healthy and it just get something done you're like okay I can I can do this it's not perfect but I this is how that feels okay let's go try this again and then I definitely experienced that with my first restaurant order at Beverly's and um, a very similar feeling.
0: And you're also an agent for the 13th floor music can you explain to us what all that involves?
1: Yeah, so 13 Floor Music is a really cool company. Uh, started locally by a good friend of mine about nine years ago. And what we do is we book uh, local music, places like the Rustic, um, Truckyard, a lot of bars, beer gardens, breweries like Deep Bone Brewing, hotels, Virgin Hotel, uh, the Ritz, the W. Um, so we connect uh, local hospitality. Um, mostly in Dallas, but some in Austin and Houston. Um, we connect uh, hospitality groups with with musicians, DJs, every genre. In, uh, in
2: 2018, the Dallas Morning News featured your story as part of its, one of their continuing series called The Makers, and they uh, basically profiles Texans artists. So, and this article notes that you, I mean, and of course we've talked about this earlier, but uh, this article notes that you left the corporate world, uh, basically the security of a nine to five job to uh, playing with, uh, let's just call playing with art full time. And what biggest challenges and successes uh, since you made this decision?
1: Uh, the challenge by far is the amount of work it takes. It, you don't ever clock out of work, you know, like when I was working in finance, I was nine to five and in, you know, it's like driving to work, hitting that traffic, just like i don't know if you've seen the movie office space but just like cranking gangster rap and then you know walking into the cubicle with my khakis and just working but i knew that as soon as i left the office i was out you know like get my evening get my weekend and and then i would overcompensate so you talk about work life balance and you know work hard play hard like yeah i was like playing real hard and then i go back to work uh once I started uh, working for myself there's no clocking in or out you know and especially when you're dealing with a a client deadline and especially when the deadline's like they're opening a restaurant and they need these plates people can eat there's no backup plan I mean that's the most pressure I've ever experienced Uh, so you know a lot of pressure um, and stress come with come with that especially when you don't know what you're doing Uh, once you figure out how long things take and things like that you can uh, more accurately established client expectations uh, but initially that was really bad at that so I had to just forego eating and sleeping to meet the promises that I had made um, so that was a huge huge challenge the exact opposite side of that coin like having you know successfully made pieces that uh, it's, it's just still I, it doesn't seem normal to me like if I go into these restaurants or bars and like people are using these pieces that I made it's not it's like that's still <laughs> wild it'll be a while before I feel like it's a well-oiled machine and, and that's really what I've spent the last year year plus obviously COVID has been a huge huge setback but um just feeling like I've got uh, a good team uh, with a consistent schedule uh equipment and, and a production process I can trust and rely on and and once that's going that's when I'll feel you know at least the, for the first time, a sense that I can take a step back, but right now it's it's definitely grind mode. And this year was survive mode, you know what I mean? Like yeah. figure out what I need to do to keep this dream alive because I don't want my life to change. I don't want to go um, back to, you know, an office job. Like that's, that's just me.
0: And after reading about you in the Dallas Morning News, SMU Meadows Dean Sam Holland appointed you to his young alumni advisory board, uh, the Meadows 2050 Council, back in the fall of 2019. And you're currently the, um, one of the only members that did not graduate from Meadows. Can you tell us about your service on that camp council and what you do?
1: Yeah, I'm the only member who's not from Deadman. Uh, uh, so, coming from Meadows. Um, so, this is a really cool idea that they put together. They wanted to create uh, kind of a bridge between uh, the the students and the uh, actual board uh, at at uh, the art school. So um, what we do, SMU has got some really cool, innovative programs um, and infrastructure that they're building online to connect the community after you leave SMU. Um, what we've found is that there's and going back to what we were talking about with networking and, and connecting and supporting, you know, our community. There's there's so many people. Um, doing some really fascinating things in in our community after they leave SMU Um, and what we want to do hopefully is keep people like me and folks in those positions not only engaged with the university but engaged with you guys like the students you know if I had somebody like me when I had been at SMU you know I would have been knocking on their door all the time like dude what are you doing now do you need any help how did you figure this out and like just be a wealth of knowledge for somebody and that's why I wanted to do this interview I'm terrified of having myself recorded for an hour but the idea that I get to share this story or that it'll help one person or just make one person feel like okay there's somebody else who didn't know what the hell they were doing like that stuff matters and I just remember like sweating that so much when I was at SMU and so um, what what this uh, one of the missions of this board is to try to bridge that gap and try to keep engagement up with uh, current students, r- recent alumni, and then older alumni.
0: Aside from that, would you consider it more of what you want to accomplish in the future or do you have any other goals for your art and career?
1: I want, My first goal right now is to get my production process established. So it's, you know, I've realized I've gone through all these evolutions of what my business is or what my practice is you know at first I wasn't sure am I going to go back to a place like SMU and get my master's you know in ceramics and my MFA or am I going to just go work on commission pieces and large sculptural work and and I started working more with restaurants and so now I realize that I'm, I'm a, essentially the, like a factory like a, a warehouse but we're making handmade um, you know commissioned uh, pieces so I've got an idea of, of wanting to employ Artist, up-and-coming artist. um i saw this model firsthand in brooklyn uh, i visited a, another uh, clay artist studio his name is peter lane he does this incredible incredible work these huge wall installations for like hotels and celebrities and he's got like a 200 square foot studio and a team of you know 10 plus artists who help him and these artists are like well-established uh artists in galleries and up-and-coming in, in new york and uh you know, he invited me to the studio and you're learning how to connect with clients and how to present your work. And it was just so awesome how uh, much of a a support system he had created for these artists. And so um, my goal, you know, my ultimate goal would be to have something like that. Being able to connect with younger um, artists and and other folks and just keeping my connection alive with SMU, Even if it's a summer thing you know like if people want to have like a summer uh, assistant production assistant role or people you know i'm actually really interested in working with people who aren't don't have a background in clay Um, i've seen other businesses similar to mine in new york uh, and san francisco uh in asheville north carolina is like a huge clay capital in in the us um and they have folks working that just don't know anything about clay but the the way I'm, i'm creating some of our work it essentially becomes a design firm. So I, I design the pieces, I make prototypes, and then I have folks help out. And I don't know if any of y'all have ever worked with clay or played with mud, but it is uh, it is kind of fun. It's kind of nice to get away from whatever it is we're doing and just go um, mess around and sculpt something.
2: I remember I used to uh, make make that in kindergarten, and it was fun.
1: Hell yeah! But it's it was still long. fun. It
2: was- yeah, Dude, it was a long point? time ago. It's still, I yeah, I I I should probably play with it again. <laughs> you guys are all welcome to stop by the studio
1: anytime after COVID.
2: Can you um can you actually send us uh, some information about your uh, studio? That would be great because we would love yeah. to visit you sometime.
1: Yeah, hundred um, percent. Right yeah. now, I've got four wheels, and uh, by the time we set something up, who knows? But um, I've got uh, over a thousand pounds of clay there right now, so. Yeah, I'll, uh, I've got y'all's yeah. contact info on that email and y'all can definitely come yeah. by.
2: Cool. Yeah, and actually that's actually um, uh, part of what I want to ask in our last question is um, this is a weird time that we are all living through. It's 2020, anything can happen. But uh, what advice do you have for others who are looking to pursue a long-held passion like yours?
1: Um, you know, 2020, and this—I don't know if this sounds cliche, but you got to hang hang with me here. 2020 has been a really good opportunity. I'm a silver linings guy, and and it's been a really good opportunity to do some things that we otherwise never would have been able to do. So for me personally, that meant—I mean, like February, early March, I was insane. Like I was I was working like crazy um honestly you know not not in a healthy way it's like working way too much sometimes skipping meals like you know coffee and just like churn and burn you know like getting as much done as possible and feeling like it's not enough go to sleep do it all over again and uh and you'd ask me at the time and I was like yeah I mean I've got so much to do there's so much opportunity how could I not do this you know what I mean and then we were forced to like stay in our house like March 15th I think was the last time I did anything and then it was like twiddle my thumbs for a couple days okay I'll get on the computer there's only so much you could do after a few days I started reading I started uh and discovered meditating long story short I realized like there's this whole other aspect of life that I I need to find a little bit more balance of um and meditating was a, a huge thing for me that I picked up during that time um reconnecting with folks just slowing down taking a breath um so that's what that meant for me for for other folks it's imp- I, I would strongly encourage anybody in, who's doing anything to to, to try to meditate, to, which which just simply means taking some time uh, with your own thoughts, with no other distractions. Or if you want to use one of these apps like Headspace or I use Waking Up, but um, just taking some time and, and thinking, all right, well, what's going on up there? Am I really connected to my own thoughts? And what are those thoughts? And so as you experience life, you start logging thoughts you know for me it took me way too long if i had meditated earlier in my 20s i would have discovered how important clay was to me but i didn't it really took other people to reflect that to me so it and we didn't get to it but i I stayed connected with some of my smu ceramics people through my finance career And people would always tell me like that i would light up when i would talk about ceramics um and and it took that to kind of spawn this identification that this was a passion that I should like why wouldn't I try to go make money from this so the thought had never occurred to me honestly and that's I guess yeah I mean maybe if you talk about a regret like you know if I'd been more in tune with myself or doing more self-reflection I would have realized five years plus earlier like why don't I take this head first dive now as opposed to waiting later but you know, there's a lot of other stuff that happened. I got connected with these other artists and stuff in Deep Ellum and that put me in a position to succeed once I did jump in.
0: Well, there's always these moments in our lives that make us who we are. So I'm really happy that you found yourself and that you are pursuing something that you absolutely love. Um, With that said, we cannot thank you enough for your time. You've inspired us and I'm sure Daniel and Taylor agree with me on that. And we also like to thank our listeners for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on SoundCloud under Hello Hilltop. Until then, I'm AJ along with Daniel and Taylor and we'll see you on the Hilltop.